the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 97 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm 11. I'm Liam, and I'm 9. Yep, you are. And uh, here we are, um, still kind of basking in the glory of those solo teasers, and, you know, a lot of information has come out about solo since we got those teasers. Um... But you know we're also uh, we're also celebrating something today. It is the third anniversary of our episode zero hitting the airways. Children of the Forest has been gracing the internet for three years today. This is Monday, February twelfth. Three years ago is when it first came out. Episode zero. Can you believe it, Liam? Well, actually, it didn't first came out. We first recorded it. Three a third. No, it actually came out on the 12th. Yeah. A third of your life, Liam. One third of your life you've been doing this podcast. What? <laughs> well, he's nine. That's crazy. He just turned nine. A third is less than a... More than a fourth. You yeah. was less, less than, than a half. Less than a quarter. It's more than a quarter, quarter yeah. Oh, so One it's third. in between a half and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, huh? Yeah, so, and like for the first third of your life, you wouldn't have, you could barely even speak. I mean, from one to three, right? Actually, you you were a talker. You could talk when you were less than two. You were, you were talking up a storm. So, anyway, yeah, so, been doing this a while. Pretty yeah. cool, and it's been really fun. And, you know, at the, kind of toward the end of this episode, we'll have a, a little walk down memory lane. Just a little snippet from our first episode. Uh, we did the same thing last year. We're going to have a little uh, throwback question and answer council. We'll listen to a, a question that we asked way back, way back in 2015. But first, let's talk about some Star Warsy stuff that we've been up to. Anna, you finished Cobalt Squadron. Tell us all about Cobalt Squadron without spoiling it. What do you think? How was it? It was very good. Yeah. And I think it explores more of Paige and Rose's relationship. Yeah. And you could tell I'm kind of little. A little like, plugged up. Yeah, because yeah. my nose. Yeah. And then it's going to like squeak if i breathe through it and talk so anyways um <laughs> so it's very good and the ending is sort of sad because mm. it can kind of like relate to the and like this isn't that huge of a spoiler sure. but just at the end they're just like see you then but mm. Paige is going on her death mission right we know what happens and then yeah, yeah it's so sad because it's like see you then but they're not gonna see each oh, other again yeah that's rough that's rough, but it really, it kind of like uh, did a good job showing you the relationship between the sisters and stuff. Yes. How are they relationship-wise? They're just buddies and nothing's wrong, or they have problems? Or? No, they don't really have problems. No? Okay. They're more just like, they're there for each other in need. They can understand each other really well. Mm, yeah. But Paige, I feel like, it seems like Paige doesn't show her fear as much as Rose, um, and so Paige kind of has to like help Rose with it. Okay. So. Liam... Does does this sound like it's kind of like Bomber Command? Feels little, a lot related to this. Yeah, it, I heard. It seems like because there's a lot of more like their relationship in Bomber Command. In Bomber Command, yeah. and it seems like in Cobalt Squadron. Yeah, I heard that. The, I haven't read either of them. I've read a little bit of Bomber Command, um, but I heard that there's quite a bit of overlap, kind of in those books. They sort of touch on some of the same things. So that's cool. Um, Non-Star Wars-y things. We're watching through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are almost done with Phase 1. We are in the middle of the Avengers, and we might finish that tonight. tonight. We'll see. We'll see. Um, It's amazing how kind of, uh, I don't know, almost simple those movies seem compared to these new ones. Because there's just not as much characters. The ideas that they're exploring are pretty easy to understand you know and, and it yeah. gets more complex it really does really? like oh, oh once no. once once winter soldier captain america winter soldier is kind of a game changer once that movie came out it was like whoa this is a very complicated universe oh no yeah <laughs> it's pretty awesome because i had some hard time yeah understanding the other ones yeah so. you know, It'll, you know, you'll catch most of it, and uh, when I watch those movies, I catch new things, so, you know, 
You won't get it all the first time, and that's okay. So it's really like you have to watch them a bunch of times to understand it all? You don't have to, but it helps. Just like Star Wars. Just like Star Wars. Except I feel like I can follow that better because I know the characters better. Right, right. Um, speaking of Star Wars, let's get to the Star Wars news. So, yeah, a lot of new Solo stuff. But first, before that, uh, there was an earnings call. Remember we talked about this, how Bob Iger, the head of Disney, talks to all the shareholders and says, we're doing this and this, and this is how we're going to make money and stuff like that, right? Well, he announced that uh, they are developing not just one, but a few Star Wars shows, series, television series, right? Specifically for the Disney direct-to-consumer app. So this is going to be like the Disney version of Netflix, right? And there's not going to be just one Star Wars show on that. Disflix. Disflix? I I don't know what it's going to be called. I don't think they've announced it yet. Why would it be called Disflix? Because it's like Netflix, but it's Disney. Disflix. It's actually not a bad name, Liam. You You should go work for Disney, coming up with names for stuff. Dislikes. Um, no. So, anyway. Yeah, interesting, right? Um, I mean, they had announced that there was going to be one live-action series on this this streaming platform, but now we now it sounds like there's going to be at least a few. Cool. Yup. So, uh, speaking of television, like a, you know, a series on HBO that's very popular is Game of Thrones. And you would think maybe that Disney would ask the Game of Thrones people to make a television show if they ask them to make anything, but instead, they have asked them to make a series of Star Wars movies. So this is separate from the Ryan Johnson movies, separate from the Skywalker Saga movies, another series of Star Wars movies. This sounds like a lot of Star Wars, right? Um, But it's not going to come all at once. It's like your grandma says about me and my five siblings, you know, when I ask her, Uh how how did you deal with six kids? You didn't all come at once, <laughs> right? So I think, you know, we'll manage, right? It'll, it'll be okay. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so the Game of Thrones um, guys, and I can't remember their names because I didn't write it down, and that's fine. Because I just, I'm not super excited. I mean, I'm excited that there's more Star Wars, and I do like Game of Thrones, I just, um, you know... I don't want an R-rated Star Wars movie. Well, I don't... They, there's that. I worry that they're going to get too mature with it, because Game of Thrones is exceedingly mature. Uh, well, I don't know if mature is the word. Um, it's graphic. Violent. Uh, yes. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, like, I always kind of... La- I always think about when, when there's ratings, like rated M for mature... They rate, like, uh, video games, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, the people who play those video games that are rated M for mature might not be the most mature people all the time, right? So, right. so like, when we say mature, what do we mean? We mean people who can act like adults, can be adults in the world, can, for you know, get a, hold a job things. and handle things. I've and, you know, um, things like... Well, well, sh- no, well, what, you played an M for mature video game before? I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. I'm nine. I've rated. I've played video games rated T for teens. Right. So I mean, I, it doesn't make sense. Like I know five year olds who play teen games. Right, right, right. Yeah, the rate. We've uh, we've talked about ratings in the past. They yeah. don't always. They don't always make sense. It's more of a guideline, and it's kind of up to the families and all that stuff. But um, but you know, I think I'm hoping that Disney says, you know, yes, Game of Thrones guys. I really should learn their names, but I haven't. Um, You know, David something Weiss, I think. I don't know. Um, Maybe I'm just saying that because that's I think that's a German word for white, which they both are. Um, Weiss, yeah. Um, Which is another unfortunate thing about this announcement because I think it's high time that we have some women creators um, and also people of color, right? Um, creating, creating the movies. Woman of color creating a Star Wars. Right. I mean, if if they announce that Ava DuVernay, who's doing the Wrinkle in Time movie, if they announce that she was doing a new Star Wars series, right? We'd be, we'd be like. Put, <laughs> setting off fireworks in the streets and there'd be so much excitement and and with these guys it's like you know i I like game of thrones i do i think it's has its problems as far as how it treats its characters and how it treats women 
Um, but it also has really strong women in it, you know, like, and granted they didn't write the story. They, they're adapting the story, right? So it's not like they wrote Game of Thrones, but yeah, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to withhold my judgment. It doesn't sound like I'm withholding judgment. Um, but I will, uh, I think Kathleen Kennedy has a really good eye for directors, although she, you know, they have picked a couple directors, actually quite a few people to work on Star Wars that have then not worked out. But then she always picks a better one and <laughs> it always works out awesome. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Right. We haven't seen Solo yet. Um, wow. But, you know, uh, there was someone, uh, I believe it was Dunk from Club Jade, uh, which is a really great Star Wars website. Uh, she on Twitter said, uh, this seems like a this kind of feels like tre- Trevorrowing, <laughs> well, like picking Colin Trevorrow to oh. direct the <laughs> to write and direct ha. episode nine. Trevorrowing, Trevorrowing, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so, and I thought that was a, a perfect verb for what this felt like when I when I read this announcement. You know, uh-huh. like I'm not sure. I don't know how how tested these guys are. They've done Game of Thrones, but you know that was they had source material to work with, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. More Star Wars. I don't want it if it's R, but I'll still watch it. But it's not what I want, so I don't think we're going to get R-rated. No, probably not. Well, and by the time it comes out, you might be old enough to. Really, I mean, who knows when this is but coming you out? Tell us, you tell us exactly what happens in it. Well, of course, sure. of course. I do like a crib notes, you know? What does that mean? Where I just make, take all the important parts and tell them to you, right? Yeah. All right, well... um, Entertainment Weekly, it was Han Solo week last week, and they have a ton of news, a ton of information about Solo, so I thought we'd go through some of the highlights. I've read through all of these articles, and there's a lot of articles. I'd say like 10, maybe. There's there's a ton. So I've read through all of them. We're going to get to most of them. I think we might save one or two uh, for next week, but or maybe two weeks from now, because next week we might be talking about Rebels, because it's the premiere of Rebels in one week. So, yeah. So, uh, included with these Entertainment Weekly stories are exclusive Entertainment Weekly images from Han Solo. From Solo, I should say. Solo, a Star Wars story. So, I'll be referencing those as we're talking, or you kids will be seeing these as we're talking about it. Um, You know, I'll link to the Entertainment Weekly, since they're exclusive, I don't want to put them on our website, because I feel like that's, you know... We should be giving Entertainment Weekly some love here. So you could always go to EW and uh, find these photos, but uh, there's a really great one of just Solo, just standing with his hands on his hips, kind of around his belt, uh, with some Han. some characters uh, in the background. And... No, 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 not at all. But uh, he looks Hanish, right? Yeah. Yeah, Hanish. Yeah. You know, a young Han, sure, yeah. yeah. I like I like the look. I like the belt buckle. That's Han's belt buckle. So uh, I don't think you kids have seen these images, have you? Mm-mm. <laughs> All right. So there's a lot of information. I'm just going to be reading it. Most of it, unless I say who's saying it, is Anthony Bresnikan. And I've been pronouncing his name wrong because I heard him say it many times on videos that are attached to these. Bresnikan. Who can? Bresnikan. Not Bresnikin. Bresnikan. Bresnikan can. The Star Wars newsman. Bresnikan can. Oh anyway. Gosh, so the ro- uh, so the Bresnikan ro- can. can. He's the Star Wars newsman. Sorry. That's a old song. Uh and I changed the words because it's not actually about Bresnikan. So anyway, the uh the cool roller coaster train thing that we see is called the Conveyx. Conveyx. Like conveyor, but convey X. I don't know. Convey X. Eh, who knows? Uh, and Han has to prove his hoodlum bona fides by stealing something we don't know what from on board. So, um, so Bresnikan says that Entertainment Weekly uh, translated the the Arabesh here on the back of this train. So there's this image of Han and Chewie, you know, sitting on a on a train car, and there's a hitch, kind of right. This is where it would connect to another train car. And it says hitch point, although Bresnikan said that it said hitch joint, but the, the Arabesh actually says point, so hitch point, not joint, but whatever. He says, along the way, he will befriend walking carpet Chewbacca, 
And then we get a good image of Han and Chewie and the the Falcon looking just happy. Them. Just them. <laughs> They're looking happy. Yeah, just them. Yeah, who knows? Cause that could be like the last shot of the movie or something. I don't know. That'd and uh, yeah, and Han will fall head over heels for shadowy Kira. So it sounds like Han and Kira, you know, have known each other for a long time, but also are having some sort of a romantic relationship. Interesting. What do you feel about that, Liam? Do you um, like that or? I rather them just be friends. How do you feel about Han? I being... rather I rather Han like kind of like her and she just be like, no, get away from me. Mm, that <laughs> like, could, <laughs> nope. that seems seems like that might might happen actually. Mm. Like he's all like, mm-hmm. and the, the and Kira's just like, nope, get away, go, <laughs> scooch. Shoe fly, shoe. Shoe fly. <laughs> shoe fly boy. Don't bother me. Uh, <laughs> and then it also says that Han will cross paths with Lando and his droid sidekick, L337. So L337 is Lando's. Did I say Lando? Lando. I didn't say Lando, did no. I? That's my Babylon 5 creeping in there. Uh, Bresnikan says, We will see Han as hard scrabble kid trying to make a name for himself in the underworld. Crime seems like a good living, especially after washing out of the Imperial Flight Academy. Solo's goal is to achieve a bit of independence. Pretty cool. And then uh, they talk about how Harrison Ford actually, you know, talked with Alden Ehrenreich quite a bit about playing Han Solo. Trying to act like Han. Yeah, sort of, right? And also talked with Ron Howard, I think. So Ron Howard says, Harrison's a very thoughtful actor and artist, and I wanted to know what he learned about the character. He said that Han is always torn between that sense that he was, in a way, an orphan, and therefore both yearned for connection with people and struggled with it at the same time. I thought that was pretty interesting. That's what Ron Howard says. And then Bresnikan says, There's revelation number one from Solo. The captain of the Millennium Falcon is just as cut off from his family as Luke and Leia, but he doesn't have the loving surrogate mom and dad they had to give him a safe home. No Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen from Tatooine. No Bail Organa or Queen Breha from Alderaan. So, Harrison Ford, at least, right, th- it says that that Han w- was, in a way, an orphan, right? And the fact that Ron Howard is telling Entertainment Weekly this probably means that that's actually the case, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, sometimes, like, Harrison Ford may have had that idea. It doesn't mean that that's canon, right? Mm-hmm. So... And then we learn some about Lando. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm just picking from all these articles. These are all from different articles, all this stuff. But uh, Donald Glover, I love this quote from him. He says, in between takes, so Donald Glover plays Lando, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, in, in between takes, they'd be like, okay, we're going to set up for the next shot. So you can go sit in your chair or wherever. And I'd be like, actually, I'll just stay in Lando's room. It was that nice. I would just lay in his bed and read a book or write something because it is very comfortable. I think he likes to be comfortable. He's not a cowboy kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so he just went and laid in Lando's bed on the Falcon? Like, are we going to get to see a bedroom? Awesome. I mean, they made it, so I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to see it. That's kind of cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Like, I, we never saw, like, a sleeping quarters on the Falcon. No. We saw it on the ghost. I want to see like a bathroom. Yeah, we did. Sleeping quarters. I want to see more of the personal stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the, like in the ghost. Yeah. Like in the ghost, yeah. Yes. We. we you think we did, did Liam? Um, well, that thing that Chewbacca lays on. Yeah, that's more. That's a bed. It is kind of a bed, but it's that's kind of that's like by the degeneric table, right? Like it's kind of in the um, it's in the commons area. More like a resting area. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Also, the Falcon is Lando's in this movie. Like, it starts off as his. We know that. That's something that was revealed in these articles. And then, so there's L337, uh, who uh, is being referred to as Leet. Because L and then 337, E-E-T, Leet. And actually, I did not know this. Leet, a Leet is basically a word that is spelled using numbers in place of letters. What? Yeah. So, like, um, you could use a three instead of an E. Uh-huh. Right? So, the name Leet is a Leet. <laughs> the name oh! Leet. Right. Because Leet, L337, like, like kind of looks like Leet. Yeah, like Chopper is a Leet. It's a Leet? Right. 
So elite is elite. Elite is elite. Yeah, elite is elite. Yeah. Um, but I've also they've also referred to her as L three. So. Um, I like that. So you're wrong about it. Yeah. I thought Ellie, maybe, but we don't know. So Ron Howard says her AI, her artificial intelligence, right, is way up there in terms of IQ, and IQ is how you, you know, gauge intelligence. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's capable of some pretty interesting conversations. And Phoebe, the person who plays L3, is hilarious and brilliant and really helped bring that character to life in ways that are funny and surprising. The makers of Solo, Bresnikin says, say her character co- character's comic relief doesn't come from being a stick in the mud like C-3PO and K-2SO from Rogue One could sometimes be. So, she's not all fussy or, you know, like, higher than, better than you, like K-2SO and C-3PO, right? Cool. Yeah, so she's yeah. Like, it's new. Like human sort of. I don't know, right? It seems like she's really like, nice and calm. It seems. Maybe, right? And it, it, my guess is that she's going to sound completely natural, like like a human, like talk like a regular person talks. Weird. Maybe with just maybe a little bit of droid effect in there, right? Yeah. I don't think she's going to talk like this, right? I think maybe she's going to talk like this. Yeah. Maybe. So John Kasdan. So remember, this movie was written by Lawrence Kasdan. And he's like, you know, Star Wars royalty, right? He wrote Empire Strikes Back. He worked with J.J. on writing The Force Awakens. He he wrote, co-wrote, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi. Uh, but John Kasdan is Lawrence Kasdan's son. So it was a father and son team that wrote this movie. Cool. Uh, and John, I'm just going to call him John because I'm friends. Remember, I'm friends with Lawrence, too. I call him Larry. So John says, yeah, yeah. John says she's a complete individual in the galaxy. We wanted to have it be a completely different kind of droid that you've never seen in the movies. And we definitely wanted it to be a female. We thought it was more than time for that. Go John. She has a working relationship with Lando and it's very sophisticated and informed by the years of working together. And also, she's a self... I said this, but I didn't really focus on it. She's a self-made droid, so she takes parts from other droids and kind of adds them to her. So oh, she kind of made really herself. Cool. And and in that way, she's like Lando, because Lando's a self-made man, like, I guess, right? Like, he, uh-huh. you know, kind of uh, came up from nothing, I guess, also, right? He kind of takes things from people to <laughs> make himself. <laughs> like, um, That's a good like point. Like, he's kind of like, if you hear someone say, like, this really cool fr- um, thing or something, mm. then he'll, like, go around telling it to everybody, like, I heard this, this, this from this person. No, oh, maybe. Like I, I don't know. Like, like gossiping? Sure. Or maybe, uh, or maybe he just says, this is my great idea that I just had, and actually it was someone else's idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Kira, who I think uh, we all agreed would be our favorite new character so far in Solo, the interview with Emilia Clarke, who plays Kira, is is quite interesting, and I actually copied and pasted a lot of it into the show notes. So, um, Liam, if you could play the part of Anthony Bresnikan asking the questions, the bold parts here, I will do, uh, I'll play the part of of Emilia Clarke. Okay. I'll put on my best... British accents. <laughs> I'm joking. I won't do it. I won't do an accent. Okay. Uh, so she says, well, they grew up as comrades, essentially. So friends, right? Comrades. They grew up as pals, as partners in crime. She's talking about her and Han Solo, mm-hmm. right? Kira and Han Solo. There's obviously the romantic side of things, but they grew up together. So they were kids together. And the beautiful thing about this Han Solo story is it's highlighting all of the most brilliant aspects of Han Solo, the character, and characterizing those aspects in characters that he meets on his journey to becoming who he is. These people all represent different sides of who he becomes? That's kind of the story, really. You're seeing all these different elements that make up who he is through the people and the interactions and the relationships, just as we all do as human beings. We are simply the embodiment of our experiences, essentially. The film will give us a reason why he doesn't talk about her? Something must have happened to affect him as a person, but for us fans not to know about her. Every time you think you have got her number, you realize you haven't at all. The point where you meet her, she is with Han. They are both doing what they've got to do to survive. And that is Kira the whole movie. The whole way through, she is surviving. And surviving in the underworld that we know to be filled with smuggling, aloof gamblers, wrong side of the tracks, nasty ones. It was beautiful. They touched on it very briefly in The Last Jedi when they're at the racetracks. 
Do you remember? And they were talking about what that world is. On Ganto Bite, where they were talking about the ugliest behind the money and power. And that's our world. I mean, it's not the racetracks and not Canto Bite. But we have the main storyline talk about what the smuggling, gambling, black market world is like. It's dangerous, and it's sordid, and it's ugly. And it's really, really dark. There are loads of different gangstery elements running through it. It has been really fun to put Kira in that. She has a couple of guises, but essentially she is just fighting to stay alive. So, wow. Some good stuff there. You really learn a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So Kira and Han are, have known each other their whole lives, basically. Um, there is a bit of a romance thing going on there. Uh, yeah. And then, like, the fact that Han... Like, we learn about, like, what... You know, the whole... Like, like the different parts of Han's personality. We're going to see those things in all of the characters. It's almost like, like he's a self-made person, too. Like... Like Leet, right? Mm-hmm. Picking up parts of other people and using them as his own. And then she says, Han Solo is only surrounded by strong women. He doesn't know any woman who doesn't stand up for herself. Has got game and chops and intelligence and wit. Those are the only women in his life. And then he meets Leia. So it all kind of falls into place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. Even even Leet, even L3, right, is is a strong woman who's put together. Huh, literally. All uh-huh. right. Then we learn that Beckett, we knew his last name. Now we know his first name. Tobias. Tobias. Tobias Beckett. Woody Harrelson plays a criminal who's hoping to up his status with a big score by organizing a daring heist. That's why he's putting the team together. So he's organizing the train heist, I'm assuming is what this means, right? For a guy who didn't grow up with a father, Tobias Beckett becomes a mentor to Solo. Here you see, so Solo did not grow up with a father. Uh, here you see the trio seated at the table, so they're talking about this photo, where Chewie would later play, this is wrong, uh, he did not play Luke Skywalker in a game of Dejeric, uh, he played C-3PO, no, he played R2-D2, and C-3PO said, let the Wookiee win, right? Uh-huh. But anyway, whatever. Um, but here you see Tobias uh, talking with Han and Chewie, sitting down at the Dejeric table. Looks still new. And that's a brand new Falcon. Uh, he's a powerful criminal, but a free agent, says director Ron Howard. Tobias Beckett really shapes Han more than anybody, as Han comes to believe that in a lawless time, he needs a moral code. So does that mean Tobias Beckett has a moral code, or he doesn't? And Han realizes he doesn't want to be like Tobias. What do you think? I have no idea. Is Tobias the guy? He's like... Think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You think he has a moral code or he doesn't? Well, I don't, I don't really know. What What is that supposed to mean? A moral code, like, like you you have... There's certain lines you won't cross, you know? Like, I'm going to steal things, but not if it kills innocent civilians. Right? Moral code. You think okay. Tobias has a moral code? I think maybe he doesn't. And Han realizes that he doesn't want to be like him. That's my guess. I don't know. Who knows? Me too. So, so yes, this photo, I mean, it gives us a better view of what the Falcon's going to look like on the inside. I mean, it's brand new, or it looks brand new, right? Mm-hmm. Who knew the, the, like, the fabric on the bench around the Dejeric table used to be, like, a nice kind of saffron orange-yellow color? Yeah, it looks and nice. look at the floor. You can see reflection in the floor. It's clean. Wow. It's spotless. Wow. Lando takes care of his ship. And, and Han does not. And we oh have a photo gosh. for comparison here. I have a photo of Luke doing the uh, the lightsaber training. Look, so there's like all these tubes and stuff. And I'm going to put these two photos, I think, up on the website because it's so funny. It is. Like Han really, so Han says he made some modifications to the Falcon. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can see there's like... It's completely There's trashed. Wires everywhere. There's like exposed wires. Now there's panels trash. have been pulled off. The only thing and it needs is tubing. like a few Mountain Dew bottles laying on the floor. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so it's it's totally different. I mean, like even the the padding on the like that did piece he... of junk is not the same as that piece of nice, nice, nice ship. Right. This is yeah, yeah. So when some when Leia calls it a piece of junk, mm. it's a piece of junk. Yeah. So so what's ha- what's Han concerned about? What does he what does he want his ship to do? He wants it to fly as fast as it can, 
and he wants to be able to do that's you know really awesome tubes. maneuvers with it, that's right? Why there's so many tubes. Right, so I guess. Can go faster and, and, and stuff. And what does Lando care about? It looking nice. Uh, it looking nice, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's telling us. That's what these two images are telling us. It's so funny. Uh, it's so funny. I mean, like, that's to watch this shit. movie, and the, yeah. it's like it's only ten years later, right? Maybe. You maybe need the ten. Castle run at all. Fourteen parsecs, Han. Yeah, you know what? There's actually a, something that people have been saying. is uh, Han always says, Han said it's the ship that made the castle run in 14 parsecs. And he never said he did it, right? So people are saying, oh, what if Lando did it? Who knows? Uh, Who knows? All right. So, Val. So then we got Val. And, uh... Yeah, Val is... We don't know much about Val. She's played by Tandy Newton. We see her in that second trailer holding a big blaster with a very serious look on her face. Uh, she looks so, on the same planet that Lando is on. Yeah, she's on a snowy... Yep, that's right. Snow planet. Snowy mountain planet. Kathleen Kennedy says, She's tied to Beckett. That's how Han meets Val. They've been partners a long time. So her and Beckett have been partners a long time. John... John Kasdan, my friend John, calls Val part of the crime family that Han gets involved in. Uh, she's not impressed with the Corellian pilot. I will say at first glance, John says, uh, at first glance, she doesn't necessarily have total faith in Han, as a lot of people he meets in his life tend to feel about him. She's a little skeptical of this kid when she meets him, and her relationship with him goes in, I think, an interesting direction. Oh, what does what that, that mean? mean? I don't know what that they means. They get into a fight and they try to kill each other. <laughs> that could be. And Val dies because Han killed her. Wow, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I'm pretty sure it's not going the interesting way like you think it is. Oh, you think like, maybe like, not a, the like a romance? romance. Or, no, oh, no, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, well, I mean, that would be interesting because you just said that she didn't like him that much. Mm, yes. Yes. All right, so then uh, we're going to learn a little bit about uh, Dryden Voss. And uh, it's no relation to Quinlan Voss. So this is the character played by Paul Bettany, who we saw in a photo that Ron Howard shared, and there was that um, Paul Bettany, and it looks like he's kind of in that same place with that singing woman who has the golden pacifier. And the floating froggy guy next to her. And the singing goat. We'll, we'll call it the lightning bolt place. Right, <laughs> and there's the like this goat, goat guy. This no, kind how of how uh... about, um, how about, um, <laughs> the, baby the Flash has a band. The Flash? Has a band. Has a band, okay. In um, Star Wars. Sure, because, we'll call it the Flash know, Band. The Flash Band the place. The Flash Band. Um, so we see Dryden Voss, uh, played by Paul Bettany, who, uh, by the way, is, um, the voice of Jarvis in... Iron Man movies, and actually becomes, well, spoiler alert, Vision. Uh, But yes. um, What the heck? That was that I don't know who that is. I have no idea who that is. Okay, well, you'll find out in, like, a few weeks. Okay. uh, When we get to, uh, let's see, what was that? Iron Man 3? Age of Ultron. Yeah. Avengers, the second Avengers movie. So, so yeah, Dryden Voss, we didn't see him in the trailers, Paul Bettany wearing kind of a fancy linen white shirt uh, in this photo, at least. And uh, and this is the character who is going to be played by uh, Michael K. Williams, who, uh, you know, I was really excited about being in Star Wars, but then he couldn't make the reshoots, remember? So then they brought in Paul Bettany to become Dryden Voss. And uh, we hear that Voss will give us the handsome version of a figure who has found great success by breaking the rules, but isn't the kind to get his own hands dirty. John Kasdan says, he's way deeper in the crime world than anyone else we meet in the movie. So, he's like a fancy, well-dressed crime lord, kind of, right? Wealthy. Like, wealthy. I'd, I'd say a wealthy crime lord. Yep. So, kind of like Jabba, but, but uh, you know, well-dressed and he doesn't eat frogs. <laughs> or He doesn't eat frogs. gorgs. Gorgs. Sorry, Liam. Gorgs. All right. And then we got information about a planet called Mimban. Mimban. Mimban? Mimban? I'm not quite sure. Uh, Mimban is a swamp world, a marshland. It has an atmosphere full of thunderstorms, so its sky is perpetually overcast, and the land is always draped in mist. And that's this image that we see 
they call, at least in Entertainment Weekly, they're calling these people mud troopers. Now, those do not look like Imperials to me, but no. they're saying they're Imperials. Um, kind of looks like the helmet that Veers wears in the Adat Walker, um, yeah, you know, um, on, on Hoth. So I guess I can kind of see it. Um, yeah, so this might be the place. It looks kind of like um, the wall, at least behind these people here. Kind of looks like the same sort of architecture that we see at the very beginning of that first teaser. Um, where Anna, you said it kind of looked like Yavin. Oh, yeah. Right? So that could be Mimba. Or like that thing in Endor, you know. Mm. Oh, that. yeah, the the, sh- the bunker? Yeah, the yeah, bunker. True. It's it an Imperial like facility, right? Um, so that would make sense. And the bunker that wear those helmets. Oh, yeah. Sure. So um, one thing about Mimban is it is like the very first Star Wars expanded universe book called Splinter of the Mind's Eye took place on Mimban, which is kind of cool. Oh, so, I don't know that. Yeah, is yeah. it a canon book? It's not canon. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. There's there's scenes of romance between Luke and Leia that make it make me very happy. It's not canon. I have not read the book, but I've, I know enough about it. Uh, and like Darth Vader confronts them on Mimban and you know, it's all this stuff that happens that couldn't have really happened before Empire Strikes Back. Um, but yeah, the reason it was, and it was a misty planet in that book too. And the reason that George Lucas had this book, he kind of had this book written because he thought if a new hope didn't make a ton of money, but they still could make a sequel. He wanted to do something that was like all on one planet with a lot of mist. So he wouldn't have to like make huge sets Right, because if there's a lot of mist, then there doesn't have to be, you don't have to be able to see far, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there wouldn't be, like, space battles and stuff. So it would be a lot cheaper to make. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Star Wars did pretty good. So they were able to do what they wanted to do with the second movie. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back. And they did so much. <laughs> so, Entertainment Weekly had another story about Ron Howard taking over from Miller and Lord and it's pretty interesting stuff in there, but I think we're going to save that for our next episode because you know, we've already gone through a lot of this Han Solo stuff already. So what do you guys think is missing so far from Han Solo? Like what do we need to know more about when it comes to Solo? Do we want to know like what, what is the theme of the movie? I want to know what the bad guy is. Who is the main villain? Is it Dryden Voss? We don't know. No, I want to know. Who the um, oh. guy on the train is? Oh yeah, yeah, they're really cool looking. Do you know who the that lady, is? the woman on the train? Do you know? Right, I have no idea who is. she is. No, no, you don't. No, I don't. No spoilers. No spoilers, okay. but I don't. I don't actually don't know who she is. Um, and remember, I'm assuming she's a she until I hear otherwise. Uh, so I want to more about like the plot. The plot. Yeah. Like, what is it about? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't know a ton about the actual story. We kind of have the the general outline, right? It's a you know they're gonna steal something from a train. For all we know, that takes place in the first twenty minutes of the movie. You know, right? What's the deal with the star destroyer in that big swirly cloud thing? And exactly. you know, why are they trying to get away from the empire? And you know, is it because they stole from the empire on the train? The train does not look imperial. Uh, there's no sign of the empire on the train. Uh, go up, uh, just go up on here. Mimba is a swamp world of Marshall. It has an atmosphere full of thunderstorms. Thunderstorms in the sky. Oh. It looked like it was in a thunderstorm, doesn't it? Oh. Remember, there's lightning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's lightning. That's true. That could be in the atmosphere of Minban. Or could be um, in a glass gas planet. A gas planet or just, you know, in outer space in some sort of weird thing in outer space, too. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Liam. That could be over Minban. Hmm. And maybe there's these big tentacled beasts that live in the atmosphere of Mimban. Who knows? Or on the ground. and But they can reach so far up in the sky. That's Those are the tentacles that we were seeing. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's a good point. Um, so uh, I think back often to Rogue One and, uh, and how much I love that movie and how it really gave us, like, it kind of jumping off points for a lot of really good discussions like on this podcast but also not on this podcast we had really deep discussions about like 
you know, what's, you know, the gray area sort of between like freedom fighter and terrorist or, you know, how different ways of fighting can achieve the same goal. Pretty big ideas explored in Rogue One, right? And so far, I'm not quite sure that we're going to get that level of thought from Solo. Do you want to have, you know, big kind of philosophical questions in Solo, Anna? No. No? Liam, do you? No. No, you don't really want to have the big questions. Really? So you just, you both just kind of want like a fun movie about Han Solo? Yeah, just kind of a fun romp. Yeah. Yeah. See, I kind of want more now, but maybe what we need, especially after The Last Jedi, is just something that's just silly and fun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like a Guardians of the Galaxy style movie, right? Where it's just just kind of ridiculous and fun and doesn't make you think too much. I don't know. But I also really like having those conversations with you guys. You know, like Star Wars, you know makes us think, you know? I don't know if I want a Star Wars movie that doesn't make me think, but eh, we'll see. Let's uh let's go have a joke. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. So Chris from Star Wars Kids Cast, our newest patron, also sent us some great top-notch jokes. And it's been a while, so I'm super happy. To get some jokes from Chris. Right, kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Chris. All right. Well, those are some good jokes. No, I'm just joking. Um, so, <laughs> the first joke that Chris sent us. Oh, you're just joking. Oh. <laughs> why? Why was Poe Dameron the one to call General Hux? I don't know. Because the Vice Admiral would just put him on Holdo. Uh-huh. 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 It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah Vice like Admiral would just put him on hold. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Why do fathers only eat soft, mushy food? I don't know. Because their stomachs know. can't handle non-soft, mushy food. Mm, because they can't obite. Hey. These are some funny jokes. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for the funny jokes. Uh It's good. It's good stuff. All right. Let's head on over to the question and answer council. The question and answer council. Where we ask questions and answer them. It's the question and answer council. The question and answer cancel. Okay, I have a question, and then we're going to go and rewind three years and listen to a question from the past. But first, my question. What do you think they're stealing from the convicts? What do you think they're stealing from the Empire? Is it from the Empire? What do you think they're stealing? Who do you think they're stealing it from? That's the question. And oh, I wanted to show you kids really quick. They are stealing it and they do steal it. Now, take a look at the train car here. We saw that photo of Han and Chewie kind of unhooking the train car. And now I'm showing you a still of the train kind of barreling down the track. You can see the train car. And now I'm going to go to the uh, the other trailer and I'm going to show you... This thing that's hanging from those strings, from those speeders, as Han flies away in his ship, that is a train car, right? So they do detach the train car from the train, but it may explode. We're not sure. So given all of that, all that information that we have, uh, Liam, what do you think they're stealing? Who do you think they're stealing it from? Best Um, guess. Empire, a giant thermal imploder. Okay. Anna. Um... I have no idea, and I think they're stealing it from that guy, that guy who switched actors. The person who's last name is Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. Okay, that's a good, that's a very good guess, Anna. Um, I'm going to say, I want to say a kyber crystal, but I don't know if they're going to do that, right? I mean, there's been a lot of kyber crystal stuff, but we got Mimban. Which, you know, is like the first mention of kyber crystals was in that book. 
you know, that, that took place on Mimbon. So they could kind of tie that in. So I'm going to go with Kyber Crystal. And I'm going to say Dryden Voss. He was transporting it to the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That might that might get too close to... Really talk about it. I think it's Dryden Voss. You think it's Voss? Yeah. Dryden Voss? Dryden or Drayden? Mr. I want to say Drayden. Me too. But it looks like Dryden. Can we so call him I think Mr. It's Voss? Mr. Voss? Sure. I'll call him not Quinlan. All right. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to rewind. And we're going to hear a question from our very first episode. Our pilot episode. Episode zero. Three years ago today. We're going to hear this question. I believe it was asked by Anna, if I remember correctly. Here we go. That's my question. Okay, Anna, your question. Okay, what's your favorite planet in Star Wars and why? Ooh, my favorite planet in Star Wars and why? Well, Liam is raising his hand, so I'll call on Liam. Liam, you can answer that one first while I think about mine. Naboo, because it's the prettiest place in the whole wide world. Wow. That was... A very concise answer and very quick, and I still haven't thought of what my answer is. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm gonna have to say Coruscant. I just love the idea of a whole planet that's a city, and I remember it, when the special edition of Return of the Jedi came out, and they added some scenes out of the end of people celebrating around the galaxy. And they added that scene yeah, of, of the I, statue falling down on Coruscant, right? And people cheering. And it was like this, just this huge city. And I just thought, whoa, what does that look like? And then just, you know, not too many years later, episode one came out. And they went to Coruscant. And from space, it was this one huge city. And and uh, Rick O'Lee even says, it's all one big city. Right? And then they go down and... And you just see all these skyscrapers, and I love the idea of how deep down it goes. Now, there's all those levels that we saw in the Clone Wars TV show, right? How, like, it just goes down and down and down. It's just so, it's just such a great, cool concept. Um, yes, Liam? I'm going to answer my own question. Oh, but Liam had, I think, a comment about okay. what I was Wait. saying. A comment about Coruscant? Yeah. I really like when, like... And like, I really like when it shows, like, all these planets, like, this one, then this one, then this one, then this one, then this one, and they're all just cheering, like... At the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's yeah. really... And you see the galaxy celebrating. Yeah, I really like Empire. that. Yeah, I do too. I thought that was a good addition. That was not in the original Return of the Jedi, you know. They added that later, and I think it was a good, good choice to add that. And actually, Naboo was not in the first special edition before they released episode one, two, and three. They didn't have Naboo there. They added that even after the first special edition. They added another thing. Yes, Anna? Okay. First of all, Liam, when you said it, they're all like, you should have said, yay, because if if you're just being, I mean, I know this is episode zero, but <laughs> if in you're like, yeah. They won't know what, like, like what? How was it, <laughs> why was he cut off? I didn't even catch that, Anna. Thank you. That's right. That's a good okay. point, Anna. Another so Liam, for the record, Liam was, was making cheering motions with his arms. <laughs> but of course, people at home didn't hear that. So, good point, Anna. Way to keep us on task. Okay. Okay, and answer your own question. Um, my, uh, my, fa- I have two favorite planets. Mm-hmm. I like Naboo and... Alderaan. Mm-hmm. I like them because they're like the only grassy, not swampy, not really, really city. Mm. It's like out in the open. It's like they're like the most like Earth. And I love Earth. <laughs> Earth is awesome and I love the way it looks uh-huh. from outer space and from when you're actually on the Earth. And so I really like Tatooine and Naboo. Because they're like You mean Alderaan and Naboo? Alderaan and Naboo. Cool. I really like them. Yeah. Yes, sir? I'm like Anna. Uh I really like Naboo. And I forgot to mention, 
Alderaan is really pretty too because it's just all grassy and really pretty because mm -hmm. it doesn't have like city, 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 city all around. Yeah. Or swampy or, or deserty. Yeah. Or icy. Right. Like or lava-y. Right. Like Mr. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Or cloudy. Oh. Like Cassie or Bassman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, when, I said, when I said Naboo, when I said Naboo is like the prettiest planet in the whole <laughs> wide world, I mean the whole wide galaxy or the whole wide universe. Yeah, world. world, uh, world is evil. Uh, Naboo uh, is a world. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, you know, you were, um, you were six. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. That's adorable. I and I you love, were eight. I love that. Anna. You were younger than me. Yeah, you're younger oh, than me. Was now. That's and weird. I loved how you talked about how Earth is awesome. I love Earth. <laughs> you were just like, you feel so strongly about how beautiful I Earth love is. the way it looks, like from outer space and like from when we're here. I mean, <laughs> I love it. Okay. Oh, goodness. I so, Anna with like, because it's so grassy and it's not like city, 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 <laughs> city, 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 all around. Okay. Yes. I call Alderaan Tatooine. Yeah. How did I get them mixed up? Well... It's not mm -hmm. like, I, oh. I, just, I, just mean, like I, I just mean like Tatooine is the complete opposite mm, of the planet right. that I like. So why did I say Tatooine? Yeah. We were so young then. <laughs> <laughs> we were, uh, not you. I wasn't, no. Um, yeah, you were. So yeah. Compared to how you what, what do you, So three years. The kids have any reflections? What do you think some of the best parts were these three years? Um, Star Wars. Oh. Star Wars. I movies. Mean, Star Wars. Movies. Yeah, talking about the movies. Can you answer our question again? Oh, do you want to answer it again? Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What uh, What yeah. planet would you live on? What's your favorite got, Star Wars planet? I gotta go with. Gotta go with Octo. Except, I wish. Um, like I just I want to go with Octo, but I want to have a big house mm. and I want to have a boat. Mm. Because I mean, how would that? You can scratch live that a spaceship. Oh, okay. To like fly around the planet. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Where I want to go. Wow. I All can right. live with porgs. Yeah, that's that's a big plus. And the caretakers would help me and all that stuff. You could live with the caretakers. I could live in their village. Yeah. Totally. You know what? I think that's a little too old-fashioned. Like the you caretakers. Know, that might be good stuff. for you. I don't think they have iPads. But <sighs> that'd be good for you. I want to be like a wealthy guy in Star Wars. Well, I don't know if Octo is the place to be wealthy. Uh, Anna. I have lightsabers, but no iPads. <laughs> Come on, people. Anna, how about you? Um, I um, I think I'm gonna stick with Alderaan. Hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna think okay. I'm gonna stick right. with Alderaan. And I think, but hmm. it has to not blow up, at least not in my lifetime. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm uh, I'm gonna say Takadana. What did you answer last time? I think I said Naboo last time. No, I said Car... No. Coruscant, yeah. You know, I don't think we said where we'd like to live. I think we said favorite planets, right? You said Coruscant. I think that yeah. question was favorite planets. My favorite planet's Coruscant. Where I would like to live would be probably Naboo or Takadana. My favorite planet. because I get to live with porks. Okay, all My right. favorite planet is Alderaan, and the mm. place I'd like to live is Alderaan. So okay, all right. Don't gotcha. have to choose between the two. Yeah. So, so anyway, I was going to say like some highlights of the last three years without, you know, going too, too long here. Um, for me personally, uh, I think my highlights have always been, you know, talking with you kids and having like the, like big discussions about like representation and, and actual war and different things like that. Um, I think, I think we can all agree that like our best episodes are the the ones that are. We don't just talk about Star Wars. We talk about our own world. Our own world, but also we don't just talk with each other. It's talking with other people, right? Well, like not the talking ones to talking to talking, other people, not talking with, with other people. Talking I mean, with like talking Nick, with right? Or talking with like I guess our, our 
all of our like patrons that. and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the the uh, the pre TFA Q and A extravaganza that was like our two hour long episode where we had people yeah. call in and talk to people. That was super fun. Maybe um, we should do that again for one hundredth. Maybe that's we should. We should of, do it. That's exhausting and it's a lot of work, but, but we it's could try very it. Fun, yeah, we could say just you know call in. We'll see. We'll see. Not sure. Do you have any ideas, dear listener, what we could do for our hundredth episode? Let us know. Um, all right. Well, it's about. It's kind of getting to be time to wrap it up, and uh, you know, hundredth episode's coming up too. So I'm sure we'll do some, some uh, you know, self reflection at that time too. If only we watch Solo for our hundredth episode. Well, I think we'll hit a hundred before Solo. But that actually brings me to something that I've been. I was going to talk about uh, last week. I mentioned that I had an interview for a job. I got that job. Uh, I'll be working at Liam's school. Ooh, yeah. At Liam's elementary school. I'll be working in a uh, in a combined pre-K and kindergarten classroom. So kind of with four and five-year-olds and six-year-olds. Um, you know, right now I'm working with kind of infants and toddlers. And now I'm going to be going to like a school school and working with uh, the youngest kids in that school. And it's going to be super cool. Um really happy about it. Uh, it does mean that I will be working more, more hours. And I'm not sure yet what this means for the podcast. We're not going to stop doing it. We might do it a little less often, especially when I'm transitioning, which is going to be, you know, uh, beginning of March. That's going to be kind of a time for me where I really need to focus on the transition. So just kind of, you know, going to let everybody know ahead of time, there's going to be probably a week or two there uh, where I won't, we won't be doing an episode. Um, the episodes might get a little shorter. Uh, not quite sure yet exactly what's going to happen, but we're going to do the best we can bear with us and, uh, you know, let us know what you think about what we're doing. Uh, yeah. So thank you everyone for listening to episode 97 of children of the force. As always, thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash children of the force. Your support allows us to do this podcast and to make it better. And, uh, you know, donating, uh, giving, giving us a dollar a month or $5 a month, you know, it gets you a mention on the show, uh, our eternal gratitude. Um, you can come on the show if you do the $5 a month level, there is no level that you have to do in order to listen to the show. We're never going to put out an episode that you have to be a patron to hear. Um, you know, we always want to make sure that everybody who wants to listen can listen no matter what. If you like what we do and you are able to, we appreciate the Patreon, um, you know, donation, the monthly donation Patreon. at uh, one, $1 a month or Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, but you know, we, we like what we're doing and we like who we are and we like how we're doing this podcast and i think that you and, do too and, and we uh, also love earth oh earth is awesome uh, <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so yeah uh you know you can give us some love on patreon or in other ways online um we would love if you reached out to us because we want to amplify your voice too. So like we, you know, we only, we almost have a hundred regular episodes, right? Like our voice, woof, our voice is out there, right? But if you're a listener and you haven't been on the show yet, we want your voice to be out there. We want to amplify other kids. We want to, to give other kids a voice. So if you're a kid who listens, we want you to come onto our show, onto our show. If you have something to contribute, if you have, if you just want to be on the show to chat, but we do love voicemails and, and you can leave those, you know, you can record it yourself and then email it to us, or you could go on uh, speakpipe.com slash children of the force. If you're a kid who's listening to this, you know, ask your, ask your, uh, your parent to, help you get on that website speakpipe.com slash children of the force and leave a voicemail and we could play it on the show um you can also contact us via twitter at force children on facebook we are children of the force our email address is forcechildren at gmail.com and our website is www.childrenoftheforce.com and finally uh leave us a review on itunes or anywhere else you listen to us Doing so will make it easier for more people to find us. Alright, for Children of the Force, 
three years of Children of the Force. Can you believe it? I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm Liam. And there's three of us. Oh, that is Three cool. of us for three years. That's yeah. cool. Just realize that. Or maybe we have to bring Mom it's a, it's a trilogy of oh, wait. years. But we have to have someone on the show for our f fourth one. For our fourth anniversary. Mm. So it's four people. Oh, okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, now I've just screwed everything up by talking. Because usually we say, you know, I'm Al. I'm Anna. Okay, let's do it. And... May the Force be with you!